changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I am joined by my friend and co-author, Dr. Mike Dow. Mike is America's go-to therapist, and he is the brains behind our best-selling book, Think, Act, and Be Happy. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. So, for those of you who don't remember Mike's bio, Dr. Mike Dow is a New York Times best-selling author. He's written a lot of different books, including The Brain Fog Fix and Diet Rehab, and he has a new one coming out that we're going to talk about later. He's also hosted several hit television series, and he tours the country with Hay House Live, where you can enroll in day-long workshops based on his books. He is a respected and sought-after expert in many fields, including relationships, brain health, addiction, and mental illness. And he's regularly seen on Dr. Oz. He's a recurring guest and co-host on The Doctors. And he's been on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Wendy Williams, Rachel Ray, Nightline, Fox and Friends, Anderson, Anderson Live, etc. All these shows that I can't seem to get on with my books because it's so hard to get on talk shows now. But Mike is on all of them. And he holds an MS degree and a doctorate in psychology. He also, in addition to being a best-selling author and TV therapist, he also maintains a full-time license to practice psychotherapy. And when he's not writing books or appearing in the national media, he sees patients in his private practice in Los Angeles. So we made some videos about some of the chapters in our book that we thought would be very helpful. And I thought we could go over some of those chapters today, and especially with it being a new year, everybody's, you know, five or six weeks out from having made those New Year's resolutions. And maybe they're actually looking for some new resolutions now that will actually work. So let's start with chapter three of Think, Act, and Be Happy, our Chicken Soup for the Soul bestseller. And chapter three is called Stress Less and Embrace Your Calm. And I think it's something that everybody needs. Isn't that the truth? In this day and age, it's so funny you brought up the talk shows. The talk shows are, are, are now filled with uh, politics and danger and all of these things that we should be worried about. And there's not as much room for the feel-good stuff. So I'm glad we're here on this podcast talking about it because I think so many people around the world um, have higher levels of stress these days. Yeah. And that's my excuse for not making it onto all those talk shows because I have heard I remember hearing the CEO of Barnes & Noble talking about it, how it's really hard to get authors on talk shows now because there's so much time being given now to politics and so little time being given to books. But I must say that despite that, we're having just a bang-up year with our books. I mean, every book that we put out goes on the bestseller list. We keep running out of stock and having to do emergency reprints. So people may not be seeing that feel-good stuff on TV, but they sure are looking for it on the bookshelves when they're at Walmart or Barnes & Noble or they're browsing through Amazon. And our Think, Act, and Be Happy book is no exception. We've done really well with this book. So thank you for doing this book with us. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. I think that the information that we've given people is so needed, this uh, point in, in history and, and in people's lives. 
And it's just so amazing to me, Amy, that the combination of these real life stories with some takeaway cognitive behavioral based advice really helps people to train their brains. And then, you know, at the end of that chapter, these exercises, journaling, specific things that we have readers do that really help take all of the chicken soup for the soul stories that they know and love to the next level because they're now getting the CBT advice with it. They're getting an exercise or a little homework assignment, something to journal, something to think about. So I'm not surprised it's doing well because I think it's, it's something that we all should be doing is training our brains to be more optimistic, to find our inner calm. This one story I, I just love because it shows the power of reframing and this woman who was struggling so much with stress and you know one of the most common phobias out there is public speaking and in that phobia you know people think oh god this is going to be so terrible or all these other phobias and fears and stresses that people have but you know she came to realize that you know what it's not the end of the world that if she uh, you know walked onto the stage and took a nose dive into the audience and fell right that's right <laughs> and, and and really training training her brain really did a lot for her Yeah, I love the story that we used to start off chapter three, which is about how you can overcome stress. And yeah, our format is wonderful. We give you one or two chicken soup for the soul stories. You get real life examples of what then Dr. Mike shows you, which is how to change the way you think and how to change your actions. And then he guides you through this journaling, which helps you to really cement these tips into your brain and retrain your brain. And I love what April did because she kind of did this naturally. She was always panic-stricken and nervous about everything and always stressed out about everything. And then she decided one day to write down each thing that was bothering her. And so if, you know, her car was making a funny noise, she'd write that on a piece of paper and she'd put it in this box where she put all of her worries. And anything that she was worried about, she would write it down and put it in this box And then at the end of a month, she opened up the box and she read through all of those worries that she had written down. And they either hadn't happened at all, or they had happened and they really weren't that bad. Or they had happened, but somebody else took care of them and she didn't need to worry about them in the first place. And Mike, I've been using that method on myself. If I start worrying about something, I say Mm -hmm. to myself, I kind of pre-do it, I say, well, wait, if I wrote this down and stuck it in that worry box in 30 days, would I still be worried about it? And then I say to myself, no, so just don't worry about it now. And I guess it's basically like saying to yourself, am I still going to even remember I was worried about this in 30 days? That's right. And usually the answer is no, right? Yeah. (laughs) And in the guided journal, you had people write down some of those worries so that they had a written record of them and they could go back later. And what I love about that exercise, Amy, is it's really one of the cognitive behavioral therapy 101 techniques where we have people list the contrary evidence. So when you have a negative thought that's stressing you out, it's like you're learning to talk back to it with that contrary evidence, looking at the times in my life when that wasn't true. And if you can have a list of things that never happened at all or weren't as bad as you thought, then you have, you know, it's not me telling you or, you know, Amy telling you, the reader, that you shouldn't worry about it. It's actually evidence from your own life so that you can be reminded that so many things actually didn't happen or weren't as bad as you thought or simply resolved themselves. And whether you do this in the book, as we've instructed, or you want to take it to the next level, as the author of that uh, great little story did and get a little 
mason jar from your kitchen and write down your worries so that you can see it sitting on a shelf, or you could even do it in your brain and in your imagination and you know, sort of picturing all of the worries that didn't come true. It really is training your brain not to let those pessimistic, catastrophic, worst-case scenario thoughts take you down a rabbit hole that's going to negatively affect your performance, prevent you from doing things, taking risks that you should be making in your life. So it really is a remarkably effective strategy. Yeah, it's really helped me a lot. Now, another thing that helped me, and this really ties into stress, is the chapter that we have, chapter 12 in Think, Act, and Be Happy, where we talk about tips that work to overcome insomnia. Now, how's that for a New Year's resolution? Finally, overcoming that insomnia that drives so many of us crazy and makes us so bleary, you know, the following day, and then can make us afraid to even try to go to sleep at night. And so I don't know, what percentage of your patients do you think have trouble with insomnia? Oh, probably 60 to 70 percent. You know, it's, it's really common. You know, again, our world is changing. We have so many bright lights flashing at all times. And, you know, these bright lights are iPhones or our iPads or our laptops. You know, they're all emitting this blue light that suppresses melatonin production. So, again, you know, our world, you know, there's more violence on the news and there's more light. And that actually makes insomnia more common, more prevalent these days. But isn't it so interesting that Susan, who wrote a story in our book, really was looking at her thought patterns and how she could change her self-talk and what she was telling herself about sleep. It's so interesting, Amy. You know, when somebody has a physical blemish, they go right to the dermatologist. But because thoughts are only present or visible or known to you, I think people don't really run straight to my office. <laughs> they wait until something gets really bad. So, you know, I think in this book, what we do is we take people back to the beginning and we take them back to the thoughts, those pitfall thought patterns, these negative thoughts, these, you know, whether it's polarized black or white thinking or that pessimistic thinking that is preventing you from doing all sorts of things like falling asleep. And, you know, at the beginning of Susan's story, she had the thoughts that sounded something like, I have the worst insomnia or I just can't sleep or I hate bed. And it's so interesting that so many of us are telling ourselves these things. But then if you change your self-talk and then use a strategy I know that worked for you is changing your bedtimes and your wake-up times every week, making them stable, giving yourself 30 minutes to fall asleep. So spacing those two times, eight and a half hours apart so that you have about 30 minutes to fall asleep and then eight hours to sleep. We see that, you know, this book is called Think act and be happy. We're really giving people tips to change the thinking, changing the act by, you know, setting these stable bedtimes and wake times. And then you're going to be happier because you're going to wake up refreshed <laughs> and, and you have slept a, a great eight hour night. It totally works. So when we were working on the book and we worked on chapter 12, I implemented, and it seems so simple, but I had to read it in the book in order to get it. And so now I'm really strict about my bedtime. And at 10 o'clock, I start what I call the transition. And then by 11, 11.30, the lights are out. But then I always tell myself, I've built in an extra 30 minutes so that I'm not lying there panicking over the fact that I'm still awake after a few minutes. And that's when you start bargaining. Like, if I go to sleep now, I'll still get six hours. That's right. If I go to sleep now, that's I'll still right. get five hours. And I'm just like, I have my half hour buffer zone. And then I go to sleep faster than if I hadn't given myself 
that permission to not fall asleep right away. And also, I had to make my husband very respectful of this. And now even on the weekends, I'll try to get up at 7.30, which is our normal time to get up in the morning. It has helped me so much. And I mean, I think he can see the difference. I'm so much happier because I'm never, ever sleep deprived, whereas I used to be really afraid of trying to go to bed. Like I dreaded it every night because I knew I was going to have insomnia. You had those thoughts that Susan had that I hate bedtime. I'm never going to be able to fall asleep. And, you know, it's so interesting. We use some of these little paradoxes, this sort of, I don't know if you remember that little kid's toy, the Chinese finger trap that sometimes the harder you pull, (laughs) the more your fingers get stuck. And I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it goes with insomnia. So, you know, by building yourself in an extra 30 minutes, you probably actually are going to fall asleep really quickly. But if you don't give yourself any time, it's going to take you a long time to fall asleep. So I also like what you said, Amy, that a lot of the strategies in this book are common sense. And that's what CBT is, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not some difficult concepts. They're actually really sensical, easy tips that you can really add to your life. And that's what I love about CBT is as soon as you read the tip, you'll think, oh, well, that makes sense. I should do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it works for all sorts of problems. So we're going to take a break now to have a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Something that will really help people with their New Year's resolutions. We're going to talk about Chapter 4, Weight Loss That Works. We're back with Dr. Mike Dow, and we're reviewing some popular resolutions and how you can actually make them work for you. So we talked about stress. We talked about insomnia. And now let's deal with everyone's favorite, weight loss. And that's in chapter four of our book, Chicken Soup for the Souls, Think, Act, and Be Happy. So what's amazing about the story that I love is it really uses the power of of chunking and taking big goals and turning them into micro goals. And how if you use this baby step strategy, you can lose 150 pounds because that's what the writer in our book did. She lost 150 pounds. But instead of being overwhelmed, you just break it up into these little baby steps. You know, what is that smart goal? So what is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time sensitive? So it's now the beginning of January. Instead of telling yourself, I've got to lose 100 pounds this year, you can tell yourself, I'm going to lose at least two pounds a month every month, or five pounds a month every month, or, you know, at least one pound a week uh, by adhering to these five strategies. And you really make this goal specific and you make these little micro goals that helps you to achieve that bigger goal. And then that is how people can keep those New Year's resolutions going all year long. Yeah. And Gina Tate, she did that and it took her two and a half years and she lost 150 pounds And we actually checked with her. We wanted to make sure that she had kept them off. And she has because she did it slowly and steadily. And I liked also the fact that there was a point in her life when she just thought that she was meant to be a large woman. And then when she had her baby and he started out pretty large and people were saying, oh, he's going to be a big boy like his mother. And then she thought, well, wait a minute. I wasn't always big. He doesn't have to be big. And 
She said it was like an aha moment because she had come from a family where her mother was obese and her grandmother was obese and now Gina was obese. And why was her son doomed to be unhealthy also? And that's when she said, wait, it's not like manifest destiny. And she began that journey and she just cut out carbohydrates and sugar. That's what she did. She just said, I'm not going to eat carbs. and I'm not going to eat sugar. And slowly but steadily, it worked for her. And I love the fact that you have these great tips in chapter four and the guided journaling where you write down how you're going to implement your goal in tiny little steps so it's not so daunting. Nobody wants to think yeah. I'm going to lose 20 pounds or I'm going to lose 50 pounds, but it's much easier to think I'm going to lose one pound a week or I'm going to lose two pounds a month. And then you don't beat yourself up every day. Yeah. And then in addition, we also tell you how you can banish polarized thinking because that I would say is the number one way that people think that throws off diets or weight loss goals because they think, oh, if I had one cheat meal today, well, this whole day is ruined. I might as well just go, go for it for the rest of the day and just eat pizza all day long. Or, you know, I had a bad month, so I guess this is all over, right? You sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater. But when we turn off that polarized thinking and we combine it with those small goals, it really allows people to be more flexible with themselves, to be kinder to themselves, and to really stay on the horse. And if you do happen to fall off the horse for a day or a week or a month, you simply get back on and you don't beat yourself up. So, you know, I, I think we really are helping people to train their brains in so many different ways, in the way that they think and also the way that they act. It definitely helped me. It's pretty funny when a self-help author talks about how her own book changed her life, but it really worked well for me. <laughs> so Mike, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I do want to mention, I know you have a new book coming out in March called your subconscious brain can change your life, overcome obstacles, heal your body and reach any goal with a revolutionary technique. So what's the elevator pitch on that book? It uses cognitive behavioral therapy, but then it also adds self-hypnosis to make the process a little deeper, which is really helpful for certain goals. You know, when somebody has trauma uh, to really access deep parts of the brain where your past is stored. So whether you want to find a memory that you've forgotten about that may affect your current behavior, or you want to rewire and reprogram your brain to get rid of the negative traumatic events, or just reprogramming and rewiring your brain to you know, do things like quit smoking. I created a technique called subconscious visualization technique that combines CBT with self-hypnosis. And that's what the book is all about. All right. That's very interesting. So thank you for being on the podcast today. And everybody to learn more about Dr. Mike Dow, please visit him on Twitter at Dr. Mike Dow with Dr. Spelled Out or visit his website with Dr. Mike Dow with Dr. Just Spelled D-R, drmikedow.com. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. And you can learn more about the book that Mike and I made together, Think, Act, and Be Happy, by visiting Mike's website or by visiting chickensoup.com and clicking on the podcast button. Come back next week as we celebrate Valentine's Week with three episodes. And Mike, you don't know this, but we're repeating an episode that you and I did a year ago. That's about finding love and keeping it fresh. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Good timing. Absolutely. So, we wish everybody a very happy Valentine's week filled with love, romance, 
refreshing a relationship or dating somebody new. But we wish everybody a wonderful Valentine's week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.